Yes, he touched me. And all the joy that floods my soul. Something happened. And now I know he touched me. And he made me whole. Hallelujah. Thank God for that touch this morning. Brother Baker, praise him this morning. Come on, Brother Baker. Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. Hallelujah. Let's give him another hand clap. Thank you. Refiner of silver, maker of gold, is working in my life. My heart he now holds. When the fire has burned out the things that control, I'll come from his furnace, I'll be shining like gold. Take all of me, Jesus, take all I can give. And let me know somehow that this life is not all I'll ever live. And whatever you make me, that's all I'll be. No, I'll not question your way, Lord. Shine on through me. When life's furnace that I walk in, well, it seems too hot to bear. I remember three Hebrew children that have already been there. And even the clothes on their backs would not burn. So why should I leave him now that it's come my turn? Take all of me, Jesus. Take all I can give and let me know somehow that this life is not all I'll ever live. And whatever, whatever you make me, that's all I'll be. And I'll not question your way, Lord. Shine on through me. Take all of me, Jesus. Yes, take all I can give. And let me know somehow that this life is not all I'll ever live. And whatever, 
make me. That's all I'll be. I'll not question your way, Lord. Shine on through me. Hallelujah. Let's love him, church, as Brother Looper comes this morning. Glory. Hallelujah. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. So thankful for God's goodness, God's mercy, allowing us another opportunity to come to his house to worship him. And I am thankful that I'm able to worship him in spirit and in truth today. We're serving a great, big, wonderful God. Amen. I said, we're serving a great, big, wonderful God. And I tell you what, I think it would be very appropriate right now if we would just lift our hands, lift our voices toward heaven and thank the Lord this morning. God, we give you praise today. We give you glory today. We give you honor today, God. Lord, we thank you, Jesus, for your mercy. We thank you, Lord, for your truth. We thank you, God, for another chance to be in your house, to lift up your name. We give you glory today, God. Come on, why don't we worship him just a moment today? Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. You are so wonderful, Jesus. Hallelujah. Why don't you give him a good hand clap of praise right now? Praise the Lord. Lord bless you for coming to the house of God. You can be seated for a few moments. It's good to see everyone that is here. If you are a guest this morning, we are honored that you are in the house of God with us. I want you to just join in and worship the Lord with us and uh, receive something from God this morning. Everyone that's joining us on uh, our website, we welcome you. I want you to just join in and worship the Lord with us. Hope that we could say something that would be a blessing or help to you in some way. And uh, I have uh, told Brother Allen that we would like to have the young people's class in here this morning. So if you have a teenager and they are not sitting in this building, you need to go find where they're at. Uh, because they're not having class in uh, the upstairs Sunday school classroom. So if they're supposed to be a member of that class and they're not here you might want to find out where they're at and uh, I feel like I've been preaching or teaching a series of lessons on perfecting holiness and the fear of God and uh, Wednesday night we kind of wrapped up things and I told you I have a message that I would like to preach this morning and uh, probably preaching more than teaching I feel like the Lord has given me this to go along with our lessons on holiness. And I want to talk to you today about God's vineyard. And uh, if you can, you can probably tell I'm having a little problem with my throat and my head a little congested like a lot of, a lot of you are. And, uh, but anyway, been enjoying this weather. Man, who would have thought it that we would have snow back-to-back years? And uh, we had such a great time Friday afternoon uh, with the kids playing in the snow. And I tell you, God's just good to us. This global warming is about to freeze us to death in the south. So um, 
when everybody thinks they about got it figured out, God throws a big old kink in all of their ways of thinking. And it, I'm, I'm sure God has a sense of humor and laughs at how smart men think that they really are. And uh, I don't think that... that uh, anyway, let's don't get into that. Isaiah chapter 5. If you have your Bibles, if you want to stand again, reading from Isaiah chapter 5, verse number 1, 2, and 5. We'll be skipping from verse 2 to verse number 5. And uh, let's keep praying for Sister Duplessy. I'm sure you've noticed some of you may not know what's going on, uh, but they haven't backslid or anything. She uh, had surgery on her eye, and she's got to lay there for and hold her head down uh, for so many days. I'm not sure how many days it is trying to uh, fix a hole in her eye, something do with that. Brother Duplessy done it a few years ago, and uh, but anyway, she needs our prayers, and I, I went over there to see them uh, yesterday, day before yesterday, and uh, I told them it's just too depressing to me. Everybody in there had their head hung down, but uh, anyway, so Isaiah chapter 5, so pray for them, pray for Colton, he's in the hospital this morning. Uh, has a fever, so let's ask God to work in that situation. Isaiah 5 and 1, the scripture says, Now will I sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved touching his vineyard. My well-beloved hath a vineyard in a very fruitful hill. Verse number 2, and this is what he did to his vineyard. And he fenced it. And he gathered out the stones thereof and planted it with choice vine and built a tower in the midst of it and also made a wine press therein and he looked that it should bring forth grapes and it brought forth wild grapes. Skipping to verse number five. And now go to I tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away the hedge thereof, and it shall be eaten up, and break down the wall thereof, and it shall be trodden down. Verse number one, he said he has a vineyard in a very fruitful hill, and he was very proud of his vineyard. The first thing that he'd done was he fenced it. And you can be seated. I want to preach to you, I've already said, to do with God's vineyard. We have, we have talked about a lot of different scriptures in the past. Uh, well, it's been about six weeks, but four lessons that we have taught on perfecting holiness and we have talked about a lot of different issues. We have dealt with a lot of different modern-day situations. And uh, I know I probably did not answer everyone's question to their uh, liking. But I did my best to give to you what the Lord gave to me to tell you. I believe that God is definitely, without a doubt, wants his church to be a church that is called out, his bride, the body of Christ, which is the church in the world today, to be a separate and there to be a distinction between them and the world. 
of all the things that God did to his vineyard, the very first thing he did was he fenced it. He put a hedge around it. And uh, then why, why did God fence the vineyard? He did not fence the vineyard because the vineyard could run away because the vineyard wasn't going to move. It was going to stay in place. But he fenced the vineyard for protection of the vineyard. Not to keep the vineyard from going and reaching over its bounds, but to keep what was on the outside coming into the vineyard. Then he placed a tower in the midst of it. Anybody have an idea what the tower in the midst of the vineyard would be? That would be the preacher standing in the gap and preaching the word of God. He placed someone there to watch it, to keep, keep watch over the vineyard, to be the husband of the vineyard. Now, this, this protective, our, our, uh, this defense, just simply the word defense, and this is what defense was there for, is for a defense against what was outside coming into the vineyard. This word defense comes from the root word of defense is just simply fence. It just comes from a fence, a standard. There is, there's a little story I'd like to share with you I read I thought was quite interesting if I could share with you uh, this morning and about uh, fence and, and how that fences became uh, uh, very popular in America. Uh, in the Smithsonian Institute, there is a list of the top ten things that changed uh, mankind and affected man uh, most of all. The top ten things that they have come up with. Now, this, is, this probably is not, not correct in all situations, but this is what the Smithsonian Institute come up with, and this was their opinion. Number one was the printing press, mostly affected people. Number two was the steam engine and how it affected people. Number two was the internal combustion engine. And uh, number four was the, the ability to harness electricity. Number five was the telephone. Mm. Mm -mm, that affected people in a great way. Number six would be the computer and how it affected people. Number seven is penicillin and how it affected people. Number eight is atomic power and how they, they come about that and how to uh, do all of these things. Number nine was television and how it affected people. But the tenth thing is is something that is very amazing and probably uh, not one of the things that we would think had a big effect on people, but number 10 was Bob Wire. Who would have thunk it? <laughs> Bob Dwyer and how that it affect people. And uh, there is a story that goes along with this and John Warner Gates was uh, they said he was a very depressed young man at 22 years of age he was trying to sell 
barbed wire. And uh, he had went to the west, and he was in San Antonio at this particular time. And um, he was trying to sell uh, barbed wire, and there had been a lot of people that had come up with different ideas. And this particular barbed wire, the name of it was The Winner. And that was the name brand of it. And so uh, they, had, they had been selling it across the country, so they went out to uh, the, the hill country to try to sell it. And you know there they were trying to control the longhorns. And, and uh, so he was trying to sell this, and, and uh, people, were, people were very skeptical at, at the ability of this thin wire to control a longhorn. And uh, because they could be very unruly at times. So this young man was sitting there all depressed because he was not able to sell these cattlemen this bobbed wire called the winner. So he come up with a very, very great idea. And so he went outside of San Antonio and he built a fence. He squared off a piece of property and he put posts in the ground and he took four strands, I believe it was four strands of bobbed wire. And he put around that fence and he secured it real well. And he had some men to go out and they, they rustled or got together a bunch of longhorn cattle. And they put in that fence and they shut them up in the fence. And so, so uh, there, while they were shut up, they would go up against the bob wire and you know bob wire has short sharp points on it and it would prick them and they would jump back to the center and it kind of amazed all of these cattlemen that that uh, these cattle were staying in the bounds and there was a lot of people around watching and he got a big crowd up and uh, he run in the midst of uh, these cattle screaming and and just carrying on crazy and trying to cause them to have a stampede. And these cattle would run up against this fence. And not one of them broke through the fence. They would run up against it and it would prick them and they'd jump back to the center. They begin to run around in circles but in the boundaries of the bobbed wire. So needless to say this man's ability to sell increased quite a lot. And so when they seen that it was able to control these, these cattle, the next year they sold 600,000 pounds of bobbed wire. In 1876, they sold 2,840,000 pounds of bobbed wire. In 1877, they sold 12 or excuse, uh, yeah, 12 million pounds of bobbed wire. In 1878, they sold 26 million pounds of bobbed wire. In 1879, they sold 50 million pounds of bobbed wire. In 1880, they sold 80 million pounds of bobbed wire. So you can see that this man's uh, career kind of took off a little bit. When they were able to see that how much 
a line, how much a little strand of wire was able to hem in the, the cattle that they were trying to protect. This young man, 22 years old, John Warner Gates, it is... It has become, he, he became very, very rich, needless to say. Today, he is credited with being the man who built the city of Port Arthur, Texas. Because he was able to take a few strands of barbed wire and build a fence. And he was able to prove that this fence is able to keep in. So that is the way, that is the way that barbed wire became the tenth most effective thing that was ever created in the top ten list. And, and because that they, were, they were putting dividers, there were barriers, population was increasing, uh, immigration was increasing, all of these things were taking place. So they were, they were fencing off their properties and they were trying to control their cattle because cattle was a very big industry then. And, and so... This is the way it became, uh, it become uh, one of the top ten things that mostly affected people in this country. So offense is very needful in situations. I, I can remember uh, a, few, a few years ago, I had a, a dog that I, I really, I loved that dog. And uh, we had a very good relationship. We fished together. We went to the hill country together. And uh, his name was Webster. And so I, uh, I, I was living over on Gentry Road and I, I built a fence. Or Actually, my father-in-law built me a fence while I was going to youth camp one year. I got there and I had a nice chain link fence around my, around my house. And um, so I had trained him that when I was going in and out of the gate that he does not go past that gate. And he would run up, it was a gate that you could drive through and we would open it up and drive in or close, you know. And he would run up to that gate and he'd look at that gate and he'd look at me and he knew he wasn't supposed to go out there. But every once in a while, he would get himself a running start and he would ignore all, all things that was in his mind telling him, don't do that, you shouldn't go there, it's not healthy for you. And he'd take off out the gate. And then he knew that I was upset, so he wouldn't let me catch him. And he would run, and we'd run around and around the neighborhood. Because he knew if I ever caught him, he was in serious trouble for going outside the gate. We moved from Gentry out here to Enchanted Forest. And I, I put a, an underground fence, uh, one of those little shocking things. And I was teaching him. I put up the flags, and I'd lead him. You can't go beyond this point. And... And uh, he was doing good. And, uh, you know, it, it was kind of, kind of, uh, I, I guess people could say, oh, you're, you're trying to hem him in, trying to, you know, not let him have a good time and uh, just run all over the neighborhood. But really, I was trying to protect him. And uh, so one day, something happened to the fence, and uh, Webster got out. And uh, he got himself in some trouble that he could not handle, and I guess... He lost his life. But to the fact that he would not stay where he was supposed to stay. There was no, when, when, when the time come that the power was off to the electric fence, 
He had free reign to go anywhere he wanted to go and to do whatever he wanted to do. And he come in contact with someone that was a lot bigger and a lot badder than he was. And it destroyed him. So what I tell you today is the fence in your life that God has placed is for a purpose. It's for a reason. It's not to keep you from enjoying life. It is there to keep you safe. Matthew chapter 25 and verse 32 says, And before him shall be gathered all the nations, and he shall separate them from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. This is what God has done to the bride, his bride, that he has called them out of a world of darkness, and he has, he has separated them from this world. And there is a, a difference between them and the world. In Matthew chapter 25 and verse number 33 says, And he shall set the sheep on the right hand, but the goats on the left. He's going to put the sheep on the right hand, and he's going to put the goats on the left hand. That's not to say anything bad about you folks sitting on my left. But... <laughs> But that's what the shepherd does. He, there, there is always, and you can look through the Old Testament, through the New Testament, and you can find there's always dividers. There's always, uh, there's always a place of separation when it comes to God dealing with His people and dealing with His church. He has always separated them from the world. They are... Different. They walk different. They talk different. They act different. They dress different. They have different kinds of church. And, and uh, there is just different. We are living in a world today that tries to, to, bring, to bring everything to where it's just, it's just all, we're just all one big happy family. And, and uh, we're... We're all in this together and we're all going to the same place, but we're all on different roads. Can I tell you there's not but one road that is going to lead to heaven? And if you are not on that road that's going to lead to heaven, you better start getting on the road that is going to lead to heaven. You're not going to start out any way and go any direction and wind up in a wonderful, wonderful place. Amen. There's only one way that God has set in place. It's not a hard way to go. It's not difficult to get to heaven. It's not difficult to go to heaven. It's very, very easy. The price has already been paid, but it is up to you to get on the right road and do the right thing. I better hurry this morning. And... Uh, so, so we find that, that in the Bible, God used places of, of dividers. And, and when he was talking to the children of Israel, there was a line that was drawn that they could not get any closer to the mountain. There was a line that was drawn that, that separated them. We look, we look how, how powerful a line is and what a difference a a, uh, a line in the dirt can make. Just a line drawn in the dirt. We find that 
in San Antonio in the, the Battle of the Alamo that the man got there and he stood there in command. He said, now, I'm going to draw a line and everybody that's going to stay here and fight, you come across this line and you make a commitment. I tell you today that when you start in this life of living for God, that it is a must that you cross over the line and totally commit. It's not a matter if things get rough, I'm going to get out. But, but from this day forth, I am committed without a doubt, no matter what happens. I've got a made up mind that I am going to be committed, that I will not change. Amen. I, I want to tell you today in this walk and living for God, you must have it totally committed. You can't, you can't straddle the fence. Bob wire will cut you all up. You ever climbed over a Bob wire fence? Hey Amen. I, I was climbing over a Bob wire fence one day, and uh, I had my I had my hand on one of those T posts. In fact, is this hand right here? You can still see the scar. And I had my hand on that T post, and I was climbing over. And by the time I got about halfway over, the wire broke that I was standing on, and I jabbed that. T-post in the palm of my hand. Another day I had a I had a, a little run-in with the Bob wire. And I was running and the Bob wire was across the gate. And we were trying to keep some horses in a fence and the Bob wire was across the gate and it was about right here. And uh, I was running in there and I hit that Bob wire right in the top of my lip. And I stuck it through my lip into the gum in my mouth. And uh, so, so I know without a doubt that, that when you get too close to the fence, you're going to get hurt. It's going to hurt you. That's the reason why. That when holiness is preached, you don't like it. You may be a little too close to the fence. You might, you might be rubbing up against it. And when the bob wire is swung in your direction, it makes you upset and it irritates you. But, but it's not there to throw you out. But it's there to push you back to the center of where you need to be with God. And I, I want to encourage you today. Don't ever think that the fence is there just because it's trying to bully you. But the fence is there to keep the world out of your life. Amen. Amen. How, how important, how important is the fence? We find Nehemiah chapter 2, we find that where... Nehemiah went back to Jerusalem and uh, this is what he did. He, he was going back to rebuild the city of Jerusalem. But the first thing they had to do was repair the wall that the enemy had torn down. What did the children of Israel do when they come to Jericho? They marched around the city of Jericho until what fell? The wall fell. The protection fell. What did they do to Jerusalem when they come into Jerusalem? They overtook the city and they tore down the wall. Where the enemy could go in and they could come out. They could go in and they could go out at free will. What is the world trying to do to the church today? The world is trying to tear down the wall. The world is trying to break down the fence that God has put around His vineyard where the world can come in 
to the church and the world can go out of the church and the world can come back into the church. I tell you, if there's ever a day where the saints of God need to start repairing the wall and building the barrier around God's vineyard, God, whatever you do, don't take down the wall that you put in my life. Amen. God had a vineyard and he fenced it. Nehemiah chapter 2 and verse number 13, the scripture says, And went out by day by the gate. This is what Nehemiah did. He said, I went out by night by the gate of the valley, even before the dragon well and to the dung port. And I viewed the walls of Jerusalem, which were broken down, and the gate thereof, that had been consumed with fire. He said the first thing we have got to do that the enemy has already destroyed the wall. We have got to rebuild the wall around the city of Jerusalem. And that scripture said in chapter 4 verse 1 it says but it came to pass that when Sembalat heard that we builded the wall he was raw. And he took great indignation and mocked the Jews. Now Tobiah the Amorite was by him. And he said, even that which they build, if a fox go upon it, he shall even break down their stone wall. What was going on? The enemy, Sembalat, just like the devil was mad because the children of God were rebuilding the wall and making it strong and they begin to mock. And I tell you today, the world will mock and ridicule and make fun of our holiness standards and they will make fun of our separation from the world. They'll make fun of you because you don't do the things that the world does and go the places that the world goes. Amen. Why? because they want free will and free reign in the house of God. I want to tell you today, this church is not about to tear down the wall of holiness that God has placed in His church. Amen. It's forever going to be stronger. It's forever going to be built higher. Amen. We have come today with a made up mind and a will to work. God, don't take down the wall that you have placed in my life. Amen. I look at young people today. And I know, I know sometimes it's hard to understand. I know sometimes you might think, oh, my parents, they don't want me to have a good time. They don't want me to enjoy myself. They don't want me to enjoy myself. They, they just want me at at church all the time. They just want me uh, here where they can keep their finger on the top of my head. And I can't, I can't go out and I can't have a good time. You know the reason why your parents at the age of 10 years old did not give you a car and give you free reign to go anywhere that you wanted to go? Not because... The car is going to be something that could never be used in your life. 
But it was for the fact that you did not have the ability that they were trying to protect you from hurting yourself. And God, don't look at us to the fact that He would say we're not smart enough to protect ourselves, and we're not smart enough to watch out for danger of ourselves. But God has put the ministry in your life to protect what is coming in that's trying His very best to destroy you. I want to tell you today the world is not your friend. The devil is not your friend. He is an adversary of your soul. And I want to tell you today you better pray to God that some way God build a wall. Build a wall. Build a wall around me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We look at this goldfish this morning. He is in this little bitty one gallon container. Just a little bowl. He's just in there happy as a fish in water. But he is, to a lot of people, he is hemmed up. He don't have free reign to go everywhere that he wants to go and do everything that he wants to do. So I tell you what we're going to do this morning. We're going to turn this fish loose and just let him have a good old time. Let him just enjoy himself. He can go anywhere he wants to go. Man, he can could, he could swim all over the place. Man, is that great? Look at him. Boy, he's just having a good time flouncing around. Come on, fish. Go wherever you want to go. Do whatever you want to do. Come on. Come on, let's go have a good time. See, the deal is, when we put him back in this water, look at him. Man, he's just as happy. He's just as calm. But, but then again, we're hemming him up. So let's just turn him loose and just, just leave him there. And he's going to do whatever he wants to do, whenever he wants to do it. He is his own man, his own fish. Man, look at him. He's having a great time. Look at that. But it looks like he's gasping. Looks like he's having trouble breathing. Looks like he's not having a good time any longer. What's the deal? What's wrong, fish? The pastor done went crazy. He's talking to fish. I do that all the time in that bass boat. My wife thinks I'm nuts. Look at him. But why is he breathing so hard? See, although this looks like confinement, it's his life. Although it looks like I can't go anywhere, let me go. Somebody turn me loose. But it's his protection. It's what's keeping him alive. It's what's keeping him alive. The wall that God has placed around his vineyard, he's taken everything. You know what, what I had to do? When I put that water in there, you have to take out the chlorine because fish can't live in chlorine. You have to take out toxic things that, that would hurt him and put things just made for fish because it would kill him. 
and what God has done to his vineyard. He put a fence. He put a barrier around it. He stepped it off this way, and he went this way a little bit, and he went this way a little bit, and he put every... He said, no, they don't need this. This is going to hurt them, and he took it out of here. And he said, they don't need this. Boy, this looks nice. This is the best thing they could have, and he put this over here, and he said... Boy, this looks good. I know they'd enjoy this. And he put this over here. And he put that over here. And he said, well, this, this is dangerous right here. And he moved it out. And he built you a place of safety. He built you a house that you would feel safe in. Nehemiah said, the first thing we've got to do is build a wall. Just like the fish cannot live outside of that bowl. I could go put him in Lake Sam Rayburn. You know what would happen? The very first thing, a big old bass with a mouth about that big would see that goldfish and woof, he would be gone. Amen. You know the safest place for him, he would be gone. Amen. You know the safest place. You know the In your house, in a container that's given him everything that he needs, and he just swims around like a fish in the sunshine, and he don't really pay any attention to what's going on, no sharks in the water, no big mouth bass in the water, you put a big mouth bass in your, your fish tank and see what's happening, amen. Nothing, nothing there going to hurt him. But everything there is just, man, it's just life. Oh, I can enjoy life. And that's what God has done to his vineyard. I want to tell you, young people, I am never against you having a good time. And I'm never against your parents allowing you to have a good time. And your parents are never against you having a good time. But they are trying their very dead best to keep you protected. Amen. To build a wall and say, you know, if you go there, bad things is going to happen. If you hang around that person, bad things is going to happen. If you do this, you're going to become an alcoholic. If you do this, you're going to become a drug addict. And they have built a hedge around you. I want to tell somebody this morning, you need to wake up and realize that when God loves His church, that God put a wall around His church. Standards are not to hem you up. It's to build up a wall of defense against the onslaught of the enemy. We have a standard. What, what did the scripture say? What did the scripture say? In Isaiah 59 and verse number 19, So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun when the enemy shall come in like a flood. What's the Lord going to do? The scripture said the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard. Standard against him. Amen. That means that taking that word in the Hebrew means to vanish away. To put to flight. To hide.
pride to lift up a standard. Amen. You know what the American flag is? It is a standard that has been raised high. You know the reason why we have that picture of these men putting that flag up on the top of the mountain? Amen. Because they were letting the enemy know we have lifted up a standard against you. And I want to tell you today, we're not going to win the world by becoming like the world. Amen. People that want something from God is looking for a change in their life that is looking for a religion that just does not say it over the door but it's a life changing experience and I want to tell you today if there's ever been a time where the church needs to lift up a standard we need to put it in the face of the devil and say I'm going to stand for what's right I'm going to do what's right I'm going to stay inside the boundaries that God has placed in my life Hallelujah. We need a wall. It is important to the Pentecostal movement. When we start tearing down the wall, first holiness standards go by the way, and then repentance, baptism in Jesus. You look at it. It's happened over and over and over and over again. Easing up here. Oh, well, if we're more like them, we would win more of them. It won't work. Psalms 34 and verse number 7 says, The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him. And what does he do? He delivereth them. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them. The devil can't come in. Because why? But if you're not very careful, you're tearing down your protection. We don't have to have a fence on the Mexican border keep Americans from going to Mexico. The fence is there to protect us from what's coming in. To protect us from the drugs that's coming in. To protect us from the bad people that would come across the borders. It's not to keep us from going and doing and having a good time but it's for your protection. I found out just a couple weeks ago when I got ready to leave America, there was absolutely nothing I had to do. I went up and got my ticket just like I was going anywhere else got on the plane and they flew me right out of the country but when I come back it was a different story I had to walk in a separate area that everybody else in the airport was walking I had to go down different hallways I didn't get to go right down through the middle of the airport I went over on the side 
went down this way, stood in this line, and this guy asked me questions that wasn't any of his business. But I was ready and willing to tell him anything I needed to tell him because I was glad to be back. It's a different story. You can leave the boundary and step over the fence and ignore the fence in your life any time that you want to. But I'm telling you, when you get out there, you have no protection against the enemy that's destroying your family. You don't step over the boundary and say, this is as far as I'm going. This is it. Nothing else. Devil, you can't have anything else. Just like that fish, we can't hold him on the outside of that bowl and him live very long. You can't stand on the left side of the fence and just say, I, I know you're right there. I appreciate the church. I love, oh, I, I'm glad for what you stand for. But I'm just going to be right here. I'm, I'm real close. But before you know it, get further, further, further. no boundary when you go beyond the boundary but let me tell you the scary part is when God says I'm taking down the hedge it's no longer up to you but God said when I found you and you were polluted in your own blood I washed you I fed you I protected you. I built a hedge around you. And I said to my vineyard, Oh, this is a beautiful vineyard. This is a good vineyard. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna increase much with this vineyard. And I come back and there was nothing but wild grapes. I had a vineyard that was bringing in everything from everywhere and, and just reaching out to everything. And, and oh, and what did he do? He said, I'm going to take down the wall from around the vineyard. You want it like that? This is what's going to happen. And the enemy come in like a flood. And the enemy would go out. And the enemy would come in until there was no distinction on what the vineyard was. It's just like a field. You can have a field that is producing, that is good, that is, that is bringing in a harvest. And you can leave it and leave it for a few years. And the, the weeds from the outside has taken over. And, and the boundary that was there had done crossed over into the good ground that was there. And briars are growing up. Amen. I want to tell you that's what the church does. When they say, okay, God, I want to do my own thing. I want to tell you today, if we ever needed God to raise up a standard. God, don't take down the fence that you put in my life. God, don't let me roam in outer darkness doing what I want to do and being what I want to be. But God, bring me into subjection unto the fence. Hallelujah. Let's pray right now. Holy Ghost, work right now. Holy Ghost, work right now. 
Holy Ghost, work right now. Holy Ghost, talk to someone's soul right now. Holy Ghost, do a work right now. Zechariah chapter 2 and verse number 5, he said, For I will say to the Lord, will be her, her a wall of fire round about, and will be the glory in the midst of her. In Isaiah chapter 5 and verse number 5, the scripture said, And now go to, I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away the hedge thereof, and it shall be eaten up, and break down the wall thereof, and it shall be trodden under. Amen. I want to tell you this Pentecostal movement, if there's ever been a day that we need to build the fence higher, amen, and we need to clear out the brush that has taken over the distinctive line that God has placed in our way, amen, church, we don't want God to take away the hedge. We don't want God to blur the lines. We don't want God to take the fence away. something this morning hallelujah 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 holy ghost work right now I believe God's trying to talk to someone's heart right now you better listen to God today you better listen to God today Listen to God today. Listen to God. You feel like you're hemmed in. You feel like there's too many boundaries in your life. Anywhere you look, there's a boundary. Look at this young man. Anywhere you go, there's a line there. Any move I make, there's something always there.
putting it back in the water. One night with no walls in your life. You know what you'd be crying? God, please. One night with no wall around your family. worshiping false gods they started doing their own thing God said okay if that's what you want and God allowed the boundary the hedge taken away come in like a flood and you know what they were begging somebody please come build somebody please come build a wall if I could if I could some way if I could some way through the anointing of the Holy Ghost this morning touch your Help you to see and realize how important the wall is. Come on, church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, work right now. 
Work right now, God. Work right now, God. Holy Ghost 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 right now, God.